We just got back from sidewalk counseling outside Planned Parenthood, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are created equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth. And today's conversation is another one of those very relatable ones. We're talking to someone whose sibling was considering abortion. This will be very practical for anyone who talks to someone considering abortion. And joining us today, we have Lizbeth. Hello. She is our executive assistant. So she's Seth's assistant also (laughs) mark harrington's assistant do not call her elizabeth (laughs) no that would be very rude lizbeth Lizbeth. everybody Mm -hmm. lizbeth can you please spell your name for the audience oh sure l-i-s-b-e-t-h spelled it since i was three and will be till i die wow inspiring (laughs) very inspiring everybody be more like lizbeth and know how to spell your name um okay so Yesterday, we were outside Planned Parenthood, um, or I wasn't, Lizbeth was outside Planned Parenthood. Yes. Um, and so we are going to be talking about a interaction that she had um, with somebody. She wasn't actually there to be outside Planned Parenthood. Um, so kind of give us a background story of what that was like and a general overview of your experience yesterday outside Planned Parenthood. Sure. So it was very freezing. It was even flurrying a little bit. Um, I was outside Planned Parenthood with my coworkers, Grace and Maggie, and thankfully Planned Parenthood did not open immediately. Um, so it was a quiet beginning, just staff were arriving sporadically. And then really like 15 minutes from when we were going to leave, a girl came over and started talking to Grace. Um, it turns out that her sister was pregnant and considering abortion. Um, and that led into um, a whole conversation with her that was very encouraging I think some people maybe kind of, um, as they're listening to this thing, so you're outside Planned Parenthood talking to parents going in about abortion. They maybe don't expect that we're having passers-by like that in the community, but mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood is in a residential neighborhood, right? Yeah. And so there are a lot of neighborhoods around. So this person you spoke with is not the only one just kind of strolling by, seeing what's going on. So yeah. could you kind of summarize what that encounter is like for having passers-by in the community seeing us out there? Yeah, so it's on a very busy street, which makes it difficult to sidewalk counsel sometimes. That's why we have some microphones to help ourselves be heard over the loud traffic. But yeah, a lot of people walk by. It's right by a whole bunch of houses. It's on two busy streets. And so even when we don't, um, even if there's a morning where we're not talking to a lot of people, um, which is a great thing because that means not a lot of people are going into Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. um, there are still a lot of cars and a lot of passerbys who see us out there and see our signs. Yeah, and I think like uh, people will definitely come up and talk to us sometimes who are just walking past or we'll like try to interact with them. But this was a very different situation. I've never experienced something like this where somebody came up to you just to start this conversation. Well, I guess they came up to Grace. Yes. But um, (laughs) can you give us like a kind of a brief overview of their interactions from what you heard from Grace? Yeah. So this girl came up and just I guess they were talking about birth control or something originally and then she said something about how like well I know I'm not pregnant um, but my sister is pregnant Mm. right now and that led Grace to um, asking oh is she considering abortion Um, and found out that she was and you know when we reach out to most parents going inside the abortion clinic we have to convince them that there are other options also that abortion is wrong it's Mm -hmm. the wrong option Um, not just a less good option. But in this case, this girl already knew that abortion was wrong. She didn't want her sister to to do this. Um, And I'm not even totally sure that her sister was set on abortion necessarily. Mm -hmm. She definitely didn't want that, um, but it kind of seemed like a last resort for them. 
And so Grace got to talking with her about that and just shared all of the resources that we can get them connected with, that we can provide directly, um, and just you know begged her to um, get her sister in contact with us. Um, and so then that was when Grace walked over my direction. She was looking for a pen to write her number down for this girl to give to her sister. Um, and so that's how I got to participate in the conversation then at that point. Nice. Well, um, so sorry. I thought Seth was going to say something, y'all. So. <laughs> I was going to ask a question. Yes. For, so before we get into the video clip, if that's okay, Lexi. <laughs> yes. Um, so for to keep, in the video, we're going to hear you, Lizbeth, maybe Grace, but also the person you were speaking with. What's her name? Shamaya. All right. So we'll hear Shamaya, you talking back in the clip. And so at this point, when she came to you, um, you did, you were on up to speed. You know what was going on or what was going in your mind when you when Shamaya came and approached you? No, I just, um, I knew that she hadn't come from the abortion clinic because uh-huh. only one person had gone in that day. Okay. Um, so I knew that she wasn't a patient or anything. Um, I hadn't really seen the conversation starting, so I just assumed, oh, it's a casual passerby, curious about what uh-huh. we're doing. And then when she, when Grace brought her over and was looking for a pen to write her number down, I knew, oh, somebody, either her or somebody she knows mm. um, is considering abortion. So let's play the clip. Is that okay? I was in middle school and I seen y'all out here. So okay. I'm 18 now. Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking about, should I have a kid? Uh-huh. If I have a kid, I might want to, you know, come to y'all because you know y'all the experts. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah. yeah. What's your name? Uh, Shamaya. Shamaya, good to meet you. I'm What's Lizbeth. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Did you say your sister's thinking about abortion? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Here, let me give you. Here, let me give you something real quick. So she's about three months, so that's about 12 weeks. These little baby models mm-hmm. are 12 weeks old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, please show her that. That's how, that's what her baby looks like right now. That is, that could be so her baby. Small. Yeah, that's accurate to size too. Her little, she's gonna start crying. Please show her that. Yeah. Anything that we can do, like Grace and Cheryl already said, we know families who would. I mean, she. We've do. raised thousands of dollars for women who I need did financial talk to her help. About y'all, and she might consider coming to y'all tomorrow. I said no. I don't know what you know. Days are coming, so I might tell okay. Thursday come back. So what time y'all gonna be at her like at? Okay, a lot was happening there, right? So <laughs> let's just first like go back to the beginning and summarize what is taking place because there was a lot of traffic, is a busy road. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what's going on? Um, so Grace brought her over looking for a pen to write her number down on the sidewalk counseling literature that she had already handed to her. Um, and so at that point was when I asked, oh, is your is your sister considering abortion? And mm-hmm. she said, yes. Um, she said she's about three months. It's like, okay, three months, 12 weeks. Oh, we have a 12-week fetal model in the bin. So I went and grabbed one and handed it to her. And told her, this is the size, literally right now, of your mm-hmm. sister's baby, your niece or nephew. And she just cradled that little baby in her hand. And you could kind of hear her gasp um, in the clip like, oh, and just, you know, looked mm-hmm. at it. And uh, later uh, in the conversation, she was talking about how she she's already just like bonding with this baby that she hadn't even met yet. She's talking about how much she wanted to meet him or her and hold him in the future. Um, so I handed her the fetal model. She, she cradled it and looked at it and said, oh, my goodness, I'm going to give this to my sister. She's going to start crying. And that's why we keep these fetal models on hand, because to actually tangibly see a baby the size that you're talking to, that you're talking about, um, really makes a big Mm -hmm. difference and helps people relate to that baby. 
I would just say that reminds me of something I was reading recently. I think, Elizabeth, what I loved is that you made the connection for Shemaya to her niece or nephew. And by mm-hmm. placing the baby in her hand, built the bridge because she's probably hard for her to relate to that niece or nephew right now, yeah. right? But holding the fetal model, thinking about her being the aunt, reinforcing that you're, you're showing her, pointing to her personal responsibility. Yeah. I was reading recently Frederick Douglass, the great um, anti-slavery a crusader after he set himself free from slavery, who's writing about slavery endeavors so much to kill personal responsibility so that the average citizen who's not owning a slave just thinks, well, it's not my responsibility, right? So you're building for Shemaya. This is your responsibility, your niece or nephew, and that's a really powerful connection, mm-hmm. I think, to make. Sorry, Alexa, I interrupted you again. Oh, no, no, no worries. I was just going to say um, it was very interesting what she said at the very beginning of the clip that uh, mm-hmm. she's seen us out there and that if she ever had a baby that she would come to us because yes. she sees us as the experts, <laughs> which like you said, I don't know about that. But. Hey, can you pause there for a second? Like, what does that say? They yeah. see us as experts. We're just, I mean, a young office out in front of Planned Parenthood, but we're mm-hmm. seen as the experts. That shows you there's just so little meaningful dialogue about abortion mm-hmm. happening that we just, these average people on the street are seen as experts in this topic. I think that, that's kind of a powerful point there. Yeah, yeah, I loved that statement because we often feel like we're being just not effective as person after, you know, parent after parent goes inside mm-hmm. um, to kill their baby, despite anything that we can say or do. Um, and so for somebody just passing by to say, I've seen you out here since I was in middle school. Now I'm 18. Well, that's like five, five years. plus years. Yeah. Right. And because of seeing us out there, she associated us with the people who can help. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. the power of, a, I'm sorry, interrupting all today. <laughs> sorry, Alexa, you talk. Go no, ahead. it's no worries. I was just going to say that's also a really encouraging thing to hear that somebody who's like in middle school can look at us like, yeah. you know, people may mm-hmm. think, oh, we look so scary being mm-hmm. out there. Like if we're intimidating the women and stuff that are going inside with our signs that have abortion victim images and things like that, um, or like that we look like we're just so hateful towards the women. It's very encouraging that you know, a young girl looking at us can look and say, oh, those are the people that would help me in a difficult spot. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. And that shows the importance of consistent presence. So we return to a lot of the same schools, the same abortion facilities, same colleges. And we often we often think about, OK, what happened today? Was a baby saved? Was a, a mind changed, heart reached? But it's the long term fruit mm-hmm. of like this story that Shemaya seeing us out there consistently out there, that build an impression in her mind that was important, pointing her to maybe not the truth yet, but to least she knows where to go to find truth. And that's a pretty important um, thing to establish. Yeah. And the fact that she'd already communicated that to her sister, it sounded like she kept saying like, yeah, I told my sister about y'all and that you guys are the ones who could help. I told her that you mm-hmm. guys would be able to help her. So mm-hmm. I just love that. Lizbeth, can you share with everybody, what are the things that we say and what are the things that we like give women or especially in this instance where she's not the one that's pregnant contemplating abortion, but the sister. So what were y'all telling her um, so that she could go back and um, relay that information onto her sister? Yeah. So I think like I mentioned earlier, we didn't have to do any work convincing her that abortion was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Later in the conversation after this clip, I reinforced that by turning around one of the abortion victim signs of a 15-week aborted baby um, who'd been dismembered, turned that around and and had her look at that and say, that's just a little older than your niece or nephew. Um, You know, we we don't want your your niece or nephew to end up like that. You know, reinforce that this is is why abortion Mm -hmm. is wrong. It would do this to your little niece or nephew. We don't want that to happen here's the alternative, how we can help you and your sister um, raise and love this baby or give him up for adoption. Um, So we didn't have to persuade her that abortion was wrong, but instead, um, you know, as I, 
as Grace mentioned at the beginning um, of the conversation, she just reached out with the resources that we have right across the street is the Women's Care Center. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all sorts of free services. Um, we've raised thousands of dollars for women who needed help financially. You were considering abortion and, ne- and needed help financially. Um, we have on our clipboard, which I handed her a laminated sheet of a picture of a couple um, and a little bio about them and their names um, saying how much they would love to um, care for this care for this baby, you know, so we can hand those out to parents so they can tangibly see a couple who would love and care for their baby if that's what they need. So I think what's important there, Elizabeth, is that you are going beyond. We know why abortion's wrong. You're then helping Shemaya with her sister. And we talked about this recently, I believe, in another podcast episode about relieving the felt need for abortion. Mm-hmm. We know abortion's always wrong. There's no need for abortion, but we perceive a need. And Shemaya's sister might be perceiving right now that she needs an abortion yeah. by sharing with her families who are ready to adopt, by sharing with her the concerns of what abortion could do for her. Those are not why abortion's wrong, but those are pointing to the, even the thing you think you need through an abortion, you don't need that. Mm-hmm. There are other ways to solve what is going on without killing someone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I touched on um, the risks to her sister physically and emotionally as well. Mentioned that abortion um, causes women to be six times as likely to commit suicide. So clearly that's not going to help your sister in her mm-hmm. situation. Um, Grace said later, you know, abortion is not going to take away the situation that she's in. It's, it's not going to remove the hardship that mm-hmm. she's going through. However, adoption or, you know, helping you parent, that is how um, we can resolve this situation. Yeah, and I think Shamaya, she obviously was really passionate and wanting this not to happen, especially when you gave her that the yeah. fetal model, and she was just like, oh. Mm, you heard her voice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like, my sister's going to cry, and I think that's good that uh, her sister, maybe she, I mean, obviously she's thinking about abortion being a possibility, yeah. but if she even thinks her sister getting this handed to her will like feel attached to the baby even more. That's a really good sign. We haven't heard yet. I don't think right from. No, not that I know. Okay. So from her sister, you mean? Yeah. From her sister. So I think, cause they said that they would, she would call us later, but yeah, Shamaya didn't have a phone, so we couldn't get her number, um, but she was going to give her sister our number. So, okay. So we'll keep everybody updated if we have an update or anything on that by the time this podcast comes out, but that would be very interesting. So now we've kind of been able to talk to her, share as much information as we could. Tell us about a little bit about the literature that we gave her to give to. Yeah. So the um, generic sidewalk counseling booklet that we hand out has a lot of information. It has um, embryological and fetal development with pictures and like milestones like, oh, your baby is sucking his or her thumb now. Uh, He or she can hear your voice, et cetera. Again, to make the, to hopefully help the parents relate Mm -hmm. to the baby. There's a, there's several pages on what abortion will do, you know, detailing what the abortion procedure will do to your little baby's body. Um, There are pages on if you've been the victim of rape or incest, here are resources for you if you're being threatened with eviction uh, because of your pregnancy. You know, here's how we can help you. If your parents are forcing you into abortion, Mm -hmm. you know, they can't legally do that. Here's help for you. Um, So it's a very comprehensive booklet. Um, We also tuck in a little uh, brochure for a local pregnancy resource center so that they have, you know, tangible help. Um, And again, it's right across the street, too. So that's really great. 
And people can hit the show notes where we can put links to these two mm-hmm. where they can yeah. see these resources. Or you can also send us a message. Uh, uh, we're at Debrief with us on Instagram. We can get you the resources you need just like what we have. Yeah. And also really important in that uh, physical literature that we hand out is the abortion pill reversal um, brochure. So that if they've taken the abortion, the, the first abortion pill, um, here's how they can hopefully reverse it and hopefully still save their baby. Obviously, that wasn't going to be the case in um, in this conversation today. Mm-hmm. But. And I think it's important for everybody listening, for all of us here, um, this experience, obviously she wasn't going in to have an abortion, but Mm -hmm. she knows somebody who is planning on or possibly is planning on having an abortion. And so throughout our lives, I'm sure we are going to run um, into at least one person who is in this instance or in this situation situation yeah there you go (laughs) um and so we need to know what to say so we're not like frozen and just Mm -hmm. say like no abortion is wrong don't do it like i mean that's good (laughs) too (laughs) you kind of need to go to the next step maybe go to the next step y'all so hopefully a little bit of this um has helped you be able to kind of form something in your mind or like even if you right now try to think of a few things that you want to be able to say or a few resources that you could have on hand to give to people who are thinking about abortion um because i think it's it happens more often than you would think that you hear somebody's having an abortion or something like that so seth can you give anybody some advice on to have an awkward conversation but a necessary conversation because the person's life's on the line like how do you have that awkward conversation of telling somebody don't go have an abortion well listen to the debrief because we have awkward conversations on here so (laughs) it's preparing you for that but no i think that there's no easy way to do this that first step will be awkward when you hear someone's sibling or sister or them they themselves they're considering abortion it is awkward to say you know what can you explain to me why you feel you need an abortion let's talk that through that's an awkward conversation to get into but what's more awkward is the person's baby being ripped limb from limb When you compare the two things against each other, which is worse, you having an awkward few moments or a baby being dismembered, clearly the dismembering is worse, right? We just don't see that dismembering. If I recall, Lizbeth, when you were sharing with us kind of some, a few thoughts about what this conversation was before we started recording, you said that you did also show Shamaya the picture, right, of a approximately 15-week baby Mm -hmm. being aborted, right? What was her response to that? She said, oh my goodness, that's going to make me cry. Those pictures always make me cry. So she recognized that it was wrong. She recognized that it was um, traumatic. Um, to that baby and definitely did not want that fate for her little niece Mm. or nephew. So that's undoubtedly awkward, right? Mm -hmm. But again, that is what is needed to spare the death of an innocent Mm -hmm. person. I think that some of our listeners, they might think, okay, so I get that. Let's take the awkward first step. I've heard some things we could do, resources. But here's the big question I have for you, Lizbeth, and you, Lexi, because you've both done a lot of sidewalk counseling. When the person walks away, how do you know you've done enough? How (laughs) do you let it rest there? Where do you place confidence moving forward, knowing that now we don't have, we can't go find Shamaya. She mm-hmm. can reach out to us again. Her sister can. How do we rest in the confidence we've done our part? Yeah, it's hard to let that go. It's um, even hard if you do get their phone number, which we weren't able to do in this case, because you reach out and you reach out and they mm-hmm. ignore you. <laughs> yeah, And you don't know if they're intentionally ignoring you or if their phone fell in a puddle and died. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely hard for me to let it go. I think it, it gets a little bit easier over the years with practice. Um, but you just have to know that you did what God, what God called you to do there at that moment. Um, like I said, we were almost packing up at that point. And so it was just perfect timing, um, that she came and talked to us then because 20 minutes later we would have been gone. Um, and we never would have gotten to talk to her that day. So, 
I, I think we just have to trust God that we were there when we were for a reason. Um, and as long as we showed them love and, and, you know, did everything that we could to show them the way out, it's up to them to take that way out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think that you just have to always rest in knowing that, you know, sometimes like I have left Planned Parenthood thinking, oh, I just completely messed up. I just said the wrong thing to these people, you know, and you can feel so bad. That's when you need to ask God for forgiveness for mm -hmm. um, any sins that you've committed out there, but then also rest in knowing that God's going to use this all for his glory mm -hmm. um, and just have peace in that because you can't beat yourself up over this and know that God's going to use what we're doing out there for his glory and um, just pray that God's will would be done in these people's lives. And we need to all be praying um, for Shemaya and that the Lord would work in her heart as well. Yeah. And you can't wait to go inside what council until you have the perfect thing to say or wait for to sure. go and talk to somebody who is considering abortion until you think you have the perfect thing to say because you're never going to have the perfect thing to say. And even if you think you do, you're going to say, wrong and yeah <laughs> um you know wrong according to your expectation for yourself yeah um somebody who is teaching me how to sidewalk counsel years ago said one time she froze and just said i like your hair to a woman walking inside <laughs> and she stopped and talked to her um and either turned away that day or saved her baby or it was a success story so uh -huh. that's always encouraging to me even the silly things that you say god can use <laughs> right we are messengers not messiahs we must remember that we're there to convey a message we leave it to the lord to rescue and so I think that's what you must bear in mind because you're going to have anyone listening, hard conversations that do not go the way you want them to. You are a step in the process. You may be watering the seed or planting a seed. You cannot bring the growth yourself. So you trust the Lord to do that. So hopefully this has been helpful to you as you're listening. And I do have kind of to summarize also what Lexi and Elizabeth just said, something to... Uh, couple things you should do right now, and that is please pray for Shemaya. Pray that she would reach back out, that her sister would, if she is is continue to consider abortion. Pray for her that she would re recognize she has no need to kill her child. So please pray for her. And also, something you else can check out, a quick uh, action point for you, go to letstalkabortion.com. There's a very exciting new project, Create Equal, just released. Letstalkabortion.com. The debrief is here to ha have us talk through conversations we've had, but we know that you are having many conversations too. So we've built a conversation navigation tool where you can go online, say, hey, I want to talk to my child, my friend, my pastor, my church leader, whoever. Tell us what what kind of person you're talking with, whether they're pro-life, pro-choice, and so on. And we'll give you a blueprint for your conversation, very simple, practical tool to help you know how to talk to people about abortion. That is something to check out right now. Let's talk abortion.com. And finally, you know what I'm going to ask you for, because I ask you for it every time, and that's it. We would love to hear from you. Please leave us a review if you're listening on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. If you like what you're hearing, if you don't, I guess don't leave a review, or maybe leave a poor one. Tell us the truth. But I want to give a shout-out to Tuna, 633 and so on, many numbers in Tuna's name. Tuna said, love to listen to what the boots on the ground are doing to affect heart change in this battle for life and truth. Tuna, 633, dot, dot, dot. Thank you for listening. We're glad, glad to have your feedback. Please, everyone else, share your thoughts as well well so you can find us on any major uh, podcast catcher you're listening right now so please leave a review there you can also find us on social media at debrief with us on instagram or just go to createdequal.org but thank you for joining us for this conversation we'll be back again next week we are created equal and this has been the debrief <laughs>